welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 61. Uh, basically, Chase is not with us. He is in, oh, I don't know if he's in Japan or he's currently on the way to Japan. Yeah. Because, you know, the flight takes a while. But at any rate, it's just Hunter now today. Um, if you're in Japan, not... this is your <laughs> this is your chance to meet Chase. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, basically, I I'll just kick this off for drinks because I'm drinking the same thing I'm drinking last week. Uh, what? Got a twenty? Well, I got a twenty-four pack of them, and not that much. I, I'm, I'm just I'm joking, Cass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've done repeats plenty. I'm I'm just messing yeah. with you. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, I'm drinking a, a Kokanee. It's you know. It's a BC beer. It's a light, easy drinking, refresh, refreshing lager. Um, and as Hunter so kindly pointed out, uh, I have my mini fridge is on the coldest setting possible, so uh, they're mm. nice and cold. So, you know, not super flavorful, but that's kind of how they're designed to be. And that's perfectly um, all right. Yep. Yeah. Basically, I uh, I spent way too much money at Rebelstoke over the weekend skiing. Um, and also, you know, drinking and partying while I was there for the weekend, uh, which I, I found out something that like is kind of interesting, um, which is the cheaper drinks are, the more dangerous that is for my wallet. Oh, because you buy more of them. Yeah, because like, dude, if I go to a bar and there's like a $22 pitcher, I'm getting one. Yeah. But when I go to a bar and there's a $14 pitcher... Well, it's like I'm at least getting two. Mm-hmm. And after I'm done drinking the second one, well, there's a decent chance I'm going for round three. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, oh, man, I was so aggressively hungover on Saturday. That was that was brutal. No, oh, no. After all those $14 pitchers and a lot mm. of shenanigans. Um, also, we were just, like, riding a, like, a party bus out there the entire way. And so I didn't exactly do a lot of eating of the food. So like, I see. Down you put your multiple... money where it was, uh, you know, you you, you it mattered the most, right? But like having multiple, multiple pitchers on the equivalent of an empty, or uh, I had one slice of pizza on the bus, and, like some chips, um. So the stomach was pretty empty, and uh, <laughs> hangover, the hangover was brutal. Oh, I believe it, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you you survived and you're uh, back with us after all that, Cass. Chase would argue against the me surviving aspect, but yeah, he mm, mm. was uh, he, he was getting annoyed with how much I was complaining about how hungover I was. <laughs> That's great. And like he was out with us for most of the night, but he couldn't really drink because he um he had an exam the next day, like that he had to take online. Um, and so he came out and had like maybe one or two beers with us, but then went home early, um, to oh, go to bed no. so that he could he could be ready for his exam the next morning. Oh, was that the uh, exam that got canceled? Yeah, yeah. Like, it originally got canceled oh, and pushed back. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was the final exam of his degree, actually. So now he's officially done. Gets to get, take a trip right after his final. Man, that's exciting. Yep. Assuming he passed it. <laughs> oh, he he said he he said he thinks he got 90% on it. Okay, good. <laughs> good. He, he said it was really easy. And, Cause, yeah. Because I was going to say, it would not be so fun to go to J- to Japan and then be like, Oh, guess what? You're coming back for another semester because you failed. But knowing Chase, uh, I think he's probably a bit more studious than either of us cast, so I, I would imagine um, he did all right with it. It's a good question. I don't know. I was always very good at cramming. Like, 
yeah to oh, okay not, okay I to see. not my benefit yeah no i'm the same way <laughs> i i had a lot of faith in my ability to cram for exams so i didn't exactly yeah. put in as much work as might have been needed but yeah but i feel like the thing is if you're a good student throughout the year you know there's a chance that the exam specifically just throws you for a loop but like with you and me with the cramming strat you might do really well on the test better than someone who is just a good student, but a bad test taker. Mm -hmm. However, there is a much more significant chance of catastrophic failure. You know, yeah. the brain okay. cells aren't firing where you sit down, when you sit down on the paper, you didn't cram the right things. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was saying there's a better chance of Chase not catastrophically failing. Than oh yeah. You or me. I, I've definitely had an exam before where like, I was like, okay, there's one topic. I was like, so long as electromagnetism doesn't come up, yeah. Or it doesn't come up a ton on this exam. Like, I'm fine. Like, I know every other topic, like the back of my hand, I'm going to nail all those questions. Uh, and then the exam was five questions, three of which were on electromagnetism. Oh, no. And, like, they gave us three minutes to read through um, the exam paper before you actually started. Yeah. And in those first three minutes, like, I just turned around to my buddy and said, hey, I'll see you in class next year. Oh, no, like you actually had to retake it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> like, oh, man, I bombed that exam. <laughs> oh, oh, you just said an exam? Good. I didn't realize you meant like a final, like, Oh, yeah, no, it was, it, was the, it was the final exam, and I had man. not done spectacular in the class beforehand. And, like, my buddy and I spent all night studying together. And so yeah. I was like, I knew exactly what he knew, and he knew exactly what I knew. And we both know, or we both knew, that we definitely did not know electromagnetism. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man that, that's a bad feeling there but uh glad you're able to look back on it positively mm -hmm. sort of <laughs> yeah yeah all right hunter so what you, what yeah you i am drinking the space jellyfish by nepenthe brewing um this i very i very much believe that uh beers from nepenthe brewing will be staples of mine on this podcast considering that Nepenthe is about a 10-minute walk away, well, 15-minute walk away from where I am. And uh, the first two beers I've got from them, I've really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty exciting. This one is is kind of there. They have a lot of, like, really neat beers, some sours. There's a beer that I'm not even going to spoil for next week that's, you mm -hmm. know, really different. They have, they have, like, three different double IPAs. Um, but this is just their regular IPA seems like they're basic bitch and for a basic bitch it sure hits this is brewed with barley wheat rye oats and just a touch of honey malt we hammered this beer with galaxy already a dub right there don't need to read further motuka and simcoe and double dry hopped it with the same blend big notes of juicy tropical fruit papaya kumquat and dank green notes are rounded out by a soft finish the space jellyfish roams its alien landscape tonight you know that's a pretty compelling description if i do say so yeah myself. sounds sounds pretty good um yeah yeah okay at any rate uh yeah sorry hunter i think that does sound like a delicious beer um and one of the things that i was thinking that you might want to do obviously depending on how much uh luggage space you have when you come out here but might be nice if you brought over some of those east coast local beers that we can't get a hold of Ooh. and then obviously when you're out here uh, Chase and I are gonna put you through the gauntlet of uh of all our local beers. Oh, I'm looking forward um, to that. So yeah, we could have a little exchange of the craft beers that you can't get in 
your respective uh, locations. Mm. Um, okay, at any rate, so moving into some Valorant stuff today. Uh, basically, Hunter's going to take over my main role for this podcast in terms of like what we're talking about, when we're talking about him, because he's got a bunch of topics, and oh. I showed up almost empty-handed, but I'm going to kick off with one of the things that I that I did have prepared for this right now. Um, which is basically the the competitive scene, the tournament that's going to happen in Brazil with all 30 partnered teams plus two Chinese teams. Um, they've released the they've released basically the way that the format and tournament's gonna work. Um, and they've released the bracket as well. Hunter, I don't know if you got a chance to look at that at all. Um, I was literally just now pulling up Liquidpedia to see if I could get some visuals on it. So no, I have not. Fill me in. Okay. Uh, basically, I'll 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 toss a picture of it in our um in our chat here just so you can take a look at it. Uh, it, it's not a super visual thing that you need to look at, but if oh, it's called lock in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to, you can go and look up the the lock in format um for the visual aspect of it if you want, but. It's basically a single elimination tournament with 32 teams. It, oh, wow. And, okay. And the lineups are, are wow. Like, they're, they're basically two really, really big first-round matchups. I don't know how they did seeding, if they did seeding, or if they just went, like, random draw, but we're going to try to keep one from each region oh in my each god quadrant of bracket yeah I, I, i'm but, seeing what you're saying already yeah basically in the first round one of prx and c9 are going home <laughs> yeah wow also <laughs> in the first round one of fanatic and sentinels are going home yeah, I was. I'd also throw in there uh, one of Hundred Thieves and Edward Gaming as well. Edward Gaming had a strong showing at uh, Champions, and Hundred Thieves had, is looking real retooled. They didn't really though. They they, you know they the guard dominated locally and then you know laid an egg at Champions and it was viewed as like embarrassing because NA is like a major region and it was like man you should have done better, but for Edward Gaming to dominate their region. And then come out and not completely fold for champions is I feel like was still a sign of like, you know, they've got some potential. Like, yeah, they're not great, but like and I, I, I would like, rather they're they're in the top third of teams I would not want to face if I was Hundred Thieves in this tournament. Maybe. They they were all in champions they did get put into an unfortunate group as well. Um Yeah. But Yeah, I'm but I'm not picking they, they, Edward Gaming to win the tournament. It's just, you know, once again another tough matchup yeah. for a good team. I, I think that's one of those things, just because the Chinese scene is so... Well, it was underground last year, mm-hmm. and Valorant just got, or recently got, okayed in China as, like, you're, you're allowed to legally play this game. Um, and so, I don't know, it, it's hard to say how strong of a region that is currently. And then also on top of that, like, I know that for for some of the younger people, like, there there's a whole bunch of restrictions on how, when, and how much you can play video games in China. Um, yeah. I don't I don't remember exactly what those restrictions are, but I know that there are quite a few of them. Yeah, and I also don't um, know how consistently they're enforced either. Right. 
And so I have no idea on a bunch of that stuff. But, like, either way, that's going to be kind of, you know, I mean, you're in a situation where it's going to be kind of hard to gauge how good those are uh, or how good those teams are. Also, if you're looking at this, you'll see that FPX is registered under China. And that's actually their Chinese team, not the FPX from last year, who is mostly oh Navi true currently. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I just saw Fun Plus Phoenix and just you know glanced over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, the thing the thing that's kind of brutal about the single elimination bracket is thirty two teams are going to show up to Brazil, play one game. And 16 of them are going home. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird. I'm like, I, I, I like, I know I didn't see any of this, but apparently um, one of the, like, the CEOs for, like, Valorant Esports at Riot came out and said, like, that they they wanted to have more of these single elimination tournaments, which are provides the kind of march madness style of like you get your cinderella stories right you get teams that go on wild runs like underdog teams that go on wild runs you there's always a lot of emphasis on every single match because of um right because like yeah like you can't you can't come out of the gate slow right you got to come out firing all cylinders and then uh another thing that other people have been saying is the first, like, the round-robin matchups might not get a ton of views because people are like, oh, like, uh, like if you're not super into it, right? Yeah. Like, there, there are a bunch of people who are like, oh, you know, I'll turn in for, like, semis. Or, like, or I'll tune in for the semis or finals or whatever, but they're just not as interested in watching all the other games, like, especially if, like, your favorite team isn't playing. Um, but I, I think there's also the aspect of Riot hoping that because it's single elimination and every game is or every series is so important that they're going to uh everybody's going to like be more invested in them and tune in for that yeah i mean it's it's tough because i don't know i i personally feel like i have i have several thoughts on this the first is that obviously single elimination feels rough in that you know there are going to be some times when, especially on the international stage, you just hit a matchup that is bad for your team on the first look, and you underperform relative to that team. And, you know, the fact that you could just get sent home for that immediately is rough. On the other hand, though, I do kind of agree that I don't love how group stages can take up a lot of time and not be that important sometimes. Uh, especially between the one and the two, there's not a lot of significance in international tournaments for the seeding between one and two. Um, so like, I, th I think the worst format that Riot has done thus far was the, it was in 2021, the, um, double elim. Well, I guess, I guess you say round robin group stages into a single limb bracket for the final thing. That was fucking awful because you had all these games that, you know, didn't matter enough. And then you had all of a sudden all these games that mattered too much. So that was like some serious whiplash there. Like, I don't hate the all single limb, especially because there are so many teams. Like I was thinking, would there be a way to do this double a limb 
Um, I, I just think it's kind of tough with this many teams without making it a really long event. And I, I don't yeah. think the group stages would help. So I'm going to tentatively say that I'm okay with this format. Now, I think obviously this would require a more, you know, this would be very difficult given the, given the timeline, right? But like, I feel like they probably could have run a straight up double limb bracket and have multiple games running at the same time. And so they've got stream A, stream B. And then if you need to run stream C and D as well, and not, I, I know some, some other tournaments, uh, I'm pretty sure CS has done this, but I can't say for certain. It's like, there's so many matches running at once. And like, that means that occasionally you might not have commentary uh, for a given game, right? Yeah. Um, and so some of the, you know, less hyped teams um, might not, mm, sorry, might not have like good commentators or any commentators uh, for their games. And there's just an observer who's kind of following along and trying to be on the right POV at the right time, mm-hmm. which I think if they, I personally would have liked to see a double, like just a straight up double in bracket. If you want to throw in full random seating, go for it. Um yeah, just like random draw, double in bracket, multiple games running at the same time, so you can't watch all of them live. And then, yeah, basically, I think that could work. I understand, though, how having a single limb tournament does give more opportunity to Cinderella runs, which are obviously really exciting. Um. But I think the advantage that March Madness has in that aspect is, well, first of all, it's not the predominant, you know, the NCAA is not the predominant league. And so outside of cheering for the university or college that you went to or that, like, you know, your your dad went to or whatever it may be, um, you know, people aren't as invested in a given team necessarily. And so it's really exciting to see... Uh, like an underdog team just like streak through the bracket. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in this, because this is the predominant league and there are people are very heavily invested into individual teams that the single one bracket is very brutal. And then as um, NRG Chet came, uh, the coach for NRG Chet used to be the coach for optic um, was saying is that, he was complaining about it because you're in a you're in a single in tournament on a new meta as the opening and like you show up you play one game you've got no way of knowing how this meta is going to play out no chance to counter strat you've never seen any of these teams play matches before like officially and so you have yeah. no way to come in <laughs> with like actual like strategies of hey we know that they like to do this. How are we going to try to counter that? Yeah, especially um, for this first tournament where so many of the rosters have done only like private tournaments up yeah, to this point in or, their current or, form. Or no tournaments, yeah, at all. True. Um, like like you might be going into matchups with teams that you have literally never seen play before in any capacity. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, all of so the way that they split it up is they've got. They've got the Alpha half and the Omega half kind of leading into the lore of Valorant. There being, you know, 
the alpha world and the omega world. Yeah. Um, and up until I, I don't know if they're. I think it's up until semis. Um, Alpha's gonna play all of all of their games up until semis. Up until and grand. Omega's, up until grand. I'm looking at it on Liquidpedia. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So they're gonna play everything up until there's a winner from Alpha, and then all of Omega's gonna play until there's a winner from Omega. Yeah. And that's, I it kind of gives the Omega side a bit of an advantage, I think. Oh, is, do you think like, the teams are better? I mean, worse in Omega? No, no, no. I think that it's like in Omega because you're not playing, you get to, you get to see who's coming out of the Alpha side. Oh, they're playing all the Alpha ones first. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I, I misunderstood what you said. Okay, I see. No, but I, I yeah, I, I think they're playing up until semis, and then they're playing, and then they're going to have the Alpha Grand Finals, then the Omega Grand Finals. And then they play in the grand finals. Oh, okay. Well, just uh, to be clear, what I was the way it's broken down for on Liquidpedia is round one, round two, quarterfinals, semifinals, which decide the winner from each half, and then grand finals is literally the final two teams. So you're saying like grand, and then like final grand, grand final is literally just the one last match in Liquidpedia. Uh, okay. So that's what I'm referring yeah. to. Uh, maybe I'm not using the right terms to explain this properly. Basically, I think yeah, yeah. we're going to get down to. I think the way that it was explained to me is they're going down to two teams on Alpha side. They're getting down to two teams on Omega side. And then those two teams on each side play each other in the semis. And then the winners play in. Oh, oh, so in semis, there's a swap between divisions? No, 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 no. There's no swap. I'm just saying that. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're saying the same thing as me. Just, you know, we're confusing each other about terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Okay. At any rate. The winner uh, the from Omega each half side. is meeting in the grand final. Yeah. What? No, no, okay. Now we're still fucking lost here. <laughs> okay, whatever. At any rate. Okay, okay. Here, here. Let's, let's, see, let's see this real fast. Um, yeah, well, I'll also post this graphic in the chat. Um, this is the chart I'm looking at for reference. Yeah, yeah so okay. see, all of Alpha boils down to the semis, at which point the final team from Alpha goes to the grand final. The final team from Omega goes to the grand final. Yes. But I think they're playing up until the semis on either side. I think they're playing round one, round two, quarterfinals. Oh, you're talking about the timing here. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm being... Man, I wish I could cut some of this out. Anyway. <laughs> we're, we're, okay, we're tracking now. We're tracking. Cool. Okay. So, okay, yeah, I'm talking about timing. Uh, yeah. Because what's going to end up happening is all the teams on the Omega side are going to know which two possible people they could face in grand finals from the Alpha side. True. And so that gives you two weeks of time to come up with counter strats from the games that you've seen of them playing. That is true. Yeah. That's going to give the alpha team, I don't know, maybe two days to come up with counter strats on the Omega side when they know who's going to be in the finals. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, right, basically that was a really long like god we spent so long talking about this fucking terminology that was okay at any rate yeah um i basically i i, I think the omega side's going to have a bit of an advantage in grand finals yeah. because of how much time they have to uh to go over that yeah that makes sense and i wanted to go back to something you said earlier as well which is the idea of this being different than the ncaa with march madness which i fully agree with that 
you know, with March Madness, the the uh, difference between the teams, I think, is much less than in Valorant, where there are such different styles across the world. Um, so the amount of, you know, surprises you can bring to the table in this is much different than in March Madness. And then also, um, Valorant has never to this point, and probably will never, because of the pace at which they're trying to release new agents and maps, uh, reach a, like, static meta, where, you know, you can go into one year expecting that the meta will be the same as it has been throughout the previous year. Mm -hmm. uh, and as and as such, you know, especially for these beginning of the year tournaments where there's been major changes since the last year, it, it really just, if you lose round one to an inferior team, there's a very decent chance you could have adapted to that and, you know, improved as the tournament went on instead of just getting sent home immediately. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes. Do you know if they're planning on doing all of the interna international tournaments like this, Cass, or is this just like the grand kickoff? I, I think this might just be the kickoff. I, okay, I, don't I hope know. so. I hope so. But like, yeah, either way. I mean, like, and like you look at like C9's matchup, right? Like, like they play PRX round one. Yeah. PRX is a team that I, I really enjoy watching and I want them to do well. <laughs> oh yeah, then they play DRX round two probably, and then, and then they oh. probably play DRX oh. round two. Whoever comes out of that first game, like that's that's fucking brutal. And then you've also got, I mean, no no offense to any of these teams, but then you've got um on the other side or like on another quadrant, you've got EG, uh, a logo I don't recognize, MIBR, and then another logo I don't recognize. It's EG, Heretics, MIBR, and Talon Esports. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got PRX, C9, and DRX in the same fucking quadrant? Yeah. Like, like okay, I get that it's the first kickoff tournament of the year. We've never seen any of these teams play before, officially, for the most part. Um, I don't know if there's a single team that has not changed a single person on the roster from prior i mean all the na teams definitely did all the na teams definitely did i'm pretty sure all the emea teams did too um oh actually i think prx just re-signed their entire roster yeah that sounds right um I, okay but I, I i don't know like a lot of the, yeah a lot of these teams it's going to be the first time you're seeing all these guys play together in an official tournament but i mean and it's probably just random draw. But like, come on, you could you could do a little bit of doctoring with the seeding here. Yeah, I will say, Cast, you're saying poor C9 having to play PRX and DRX. Poor mm -hmm. DRX and PRX having to face reigning uh, Valorant MVP, yay. <laughs> that early on for both of them. Right, right. No, I'm just saying like that, that quadrant of yeah. DRX, C9, DRX, and then an EMEA team. I also don't recognize it is like, that's fucking brutal for all of those teams. Right? No matter how you look at it, right? It's yeah. like, there's a lot of chances you're taking a very fucking early exit. Yeah, and another another big issue with this format as well is that, you know, you could get to the quarterfinals and then have a very uncompetitive match in the quarterfinals where, mm -hmm. you know, one team has come through a much harder group and just destroys the other one. And then, of course, that's way less interesting if you get 
you know, that many teams eliminated and it's not a very competitive match. Uh, like it, it, that definitely does seem a little disappointing. Um, and then, yeah, probably by the time you get to the, like the semis, you're going to have the, the teams will have risen the best teams. The cream of the crop will have risen up at least to an extent or the Cinderella's yeah, yeah, yeah. of the crop. Sure. But yeah, it, here's the thing. I'm trying not to overthink it too much because it's chaotic. How else are you going to do 32 teams? It's going to be a good time. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah. I don't know. So, but yeah, basically like, it, it doesn't seem like the most balanced bracket of all time is what I'm, is what I'm really getting at here. Hard to disagree with you there. Um, Come to our discord and, and throw down if you somehow disagree with that take. Yeah. yeah we're um, ready for it. We want the smoke. Yeah, but that, that that's all. I, that's about all I got. So you wanna you wanna take us into uh, your topics here and sick. Sounds good. Yeah, take take over my role as <laughs> uh, what I usually do on this podcast. <laughs> well, happy to do it. So uh, didn't know I was doing this coming in, but I'm ready. So topic number one. It was Cyber Monday. There I was clicking through some deals on my computer, and I saw one deal pop up that really got my attention. And it was a uh, eye tracker. For those of you who don't know, an eye tracker is something that you install. <laughs> Just realizing I have no idea what the hardware actually looks like because <laughs> I didn't buy it. Spoiler alert. Uh, but it, it tracks the movement of your eyes and basically uses that to control to either in some cases, just show where your eyes are going on the screen visually and in others to literally control your cursor. Like streamers like to use it because it's kind of fun to be like, oh, well, here are my eyes. Um, but then there are also some games that now support you controlling the cursor with your eyes. And so when I saw this ad, I was like, oh, let me take a look at the at the company. And I was curious what games they had available. And most of them were like sim type games, but there were a couple of non-competitive FPSs. The biggest one being several Far Cry games were on there. And so that got me thinking. Um, it's, I would imagine that the eye tracking software isn't quite to the to the level uh, of being perfectly precise yet where it can, you know, literally look at the exact pixel that your eye is centered on every time. But assuming that an eye tracking system could come out that would do that, where literally you look at the screen, your curse, your crosshair goes there, uh, as fast as if you'd be moving a mouse there, uh, or faster. Um, mm -hmm. how would that change Valorant? if that was, you know, legal and commonly used and would that change be for the better or for the worse? Uh, Cass, your thoughts. Okay. I, I've always really wanted to try out one of those, like one of those Sims where you actually have like a physical gun in your hand that you move. Oh yeah. I like you use. Um, and I know that like there, there have been some mods that have come out for like call of duty in which you can do that. Um, and there's like a little joystick you control with your thumb on the back to physically move your guy around. And then you, you aim with the physical gun, you pull the trigger the same as usual. Uh, and then you, you've got buttons that your other hand can press on like where the magazine is usually. Um, and I've always thought that that'd be super fucking fun to try out. And, oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very confident in my IRL aim. Right, yeah, so am like, I. I've got really good aim IRL. Um, and 
Cass, in fact, is a retired Navy SEAL. He doesn't like to talk about it. So sorry, Cass, but I felt like they needed to know. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I'm just, I don't know. Basically, what it boils down to is uh, I'm actually left-handed but right-eye dominant, um, which is unideal for, like, lining up sights on guns. It's funny that you say that because uh, we together would be a perfect shooter because I am the opposite. I am left-eyed but right-hand dominant. Mm. And it's funny, like, Chase shoots a gun in real life left-handed because he's so heavily left-eye dominant. And his right eye is, I think, legally blind. Um, Or very close to. Uh, So he he shoots lefty um, because of that. Whereas, on the other hand... I'm really accurate with when I am like, I, I can, I'm semi ambidextrous. I play a bunch of sports righty. I feel fine shooting right-handed, but when I do, I have to use the sights. Like I have to line up with my sights um, to shoot right-handed. And I, I'm, I'm still fairly confident in how accurate I am, but it takes me longer mm-hmm. um, to like line up my shot. Whereas lefty, I have a really, really fucking good sense of just where I'm pointing the gun. I see, I see. Because I can't use the sights appropriately hmm. because I'm right-eye dominant. Um, and I've I've always really enjoyed, like, you know, going paintballing, going to a gun range, shooting guns, like... Practicing your like, point firing? Like, I'm always really like that. Huh? Practicing your point firing, if we're talking about yeah. <laughs> not using the... Yeah. Right, right. So, like, I... And, like, you know, I got, like... Whenever we go camping, I've got the classic Daisy Rider BB gun. That was featured in um, whatever that Christmas movie was back in the day. Uh, Christmas Story? Is that the one? Yeah. It's just funny that you Um, said whatever that Christmas movie was. It's pretty close to that generic. uh, And yeah, so whenever we go camping, you know, and bring it up hands, like set up on a log, grab the old Daisy Rider. uh, Oh, yeah. Little lever action, spring loaded. It's fun. And like, I've got got a pretty good sense of where I'm, what I'm aiming at. So. I've always thought it'd be super cool if I could mechanic or like I could literally just aim where I wanted to aim in a game. But part of that is when you consider FO, when you put FOVs into the equation, like I'd probably just be better with my mouse. I'd probably be better at flicking. Yeah. Right. Like my, my mouse has way less sway than me holding a gun up does. My eye, and then if we go into looking at it, like just in terms of the literal eye tracker, like I don't know, it's kind of hard to time your eye movement with, especially with like an operator, sheriff, marshal, guardian, those single shotguns. It's probably really hard to time when you hit whatever your fire button is now going to be with when your eyes get to target. And then it's probably really fucking hard to control recoil, too. With, like, having to move your eyes down to control your recoil, like... Yeah, oh, I didn't think about that. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I think it'd be a really cool concept. I don't think it would be better than mouse. Interesting. Like, aiming with your mouse is just so fucking optimal. Everybody is, like, even if you've never played an FPS before, most people are pretty good at knowing where their fucking cursor is. 
Uh, I'll uh, slightly debate that uh, after having to teach my dad Valorant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. Like, there's sure there's the aspect of when you've never played an FPS before having to, you know, move your character at the same time. Yeah, no, I, changes, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It changes your POV instead of your cursor literally moving on the screen. Throwback to uh, some of the original James Bond FPS games. Um, where when you aim down sights, you moved your literal cursor on the screen instead of your POV changing. But, uh... Oh, Which, holy fuck, if you, if you go back and try to play those games as you having grown up playing FPS games, in which your FOV, or your POV changes, holy fuck is it hard to aim in that when you aim down sights. Wait, wait, your POV doesn't change? What? I'm confused. When you, when you aim down sights, yeah. your screen stays static. And then you move where your cursor or your crosshair is on the screen to target. So you're moving the sight picture, right? Which is the same as you would in Valorant? No? No. No. Where your head... Basically, imagine your head is locked into place. Oh, so your head your gets locked. Also, yeah, your head and your eyes get locked into place. But then yeah. you can move where... The, like, the cursor, when you aim down sights, does not stay dead center in the middle oh, of the Oh, I you see. Move, you move the cursor. Oh, in, whoa. Okay. holy fuck is that hard as someone who's grown up yeah okay your, yeah your pov changes that was so weird it took me a um, while to understand what, what was being said yeah yeah that would be wild i agree i would i would suck at that yeah it's uh and i feel like that's kind of how i like yeah it'd be that's the other thing that i didn't really consider is when you're looking at something on your screen when your eye when the eye tracking software is looking at something on your screen right it's not changing your pov but if you were to use that for Valorant, for aiming, that would change your POV. And so you'd have to constantly readjust where your eyes are looking as you're, you're panning across the screen to aim at something, right? Well, yes. Let me interrupt real quick to say that I, I didn't think through all the things that you brought up, particularly the whole recoil control thing. That I wasn't considering. However, I did think about how um not only moving your pov would be awkward but also if you wanted to like look down at your like you know what utility you had available or your bullets you know you'd be flicking the whole camera down if it, if it were the same your way HUD? right right yeah if you're looking yeah. at your hud which would obviously be a mess so i was thinking there would have to be a key that people would bind to their mouse that switches between cursor with mouse control and cursor with eye control because, yeah, otherwise, I just don't think... I just think it'd be a miserable experience if you had to use your eyes the whole time. Um, but so, so, really, the question is, I'm wondering... Obviously, if you need to move your character a lot, then, yeah, mouse is going to be better because you sort of run into the same problem with your eyes as you do with the controller, which is that, you know, when you go to the... When you need to turn more than what's on your screen... With the controller, you're just holding that stick and waiting for it to happen until you decide to stop. And with your eyes, you would mm -hmm. also be similarly waiting for it to like you know move based on how far your eyes are moving. It's not like a mouse where you can say this amount of movement gives me a 180. Like there's no way to say this yeah. amount of eye flick gets you a 180. Like that doesn't really make sense. So really, how it would work would be you you would be holding you'd be peaking an angle or holding an angle where for at least a second, you don't expect to, you're, you're planning on not making any, any wild body movements. And now you're just locked on ready to, 
you know, get your crosshair at the perfect place for that initial shot, which, which I think would be substantially easier than using a mouse uh, mm. for that scenario. However, you know, you also now need to handle toggling back and forth between that mode and your mouse mode. Yeah. Also like, dude, like you're, you're not fucking dodging flashes. <laughs> oh yeah. If you commit to that, if you toggle <laughs> like, on your cursor you're, mode and a flash, yeah, comes, dude, like, yeah. you're getting, you're getting caught by every fucking flash, dude. Like, yeah, no, I've always wondered whether like, would I be better at dodging flashes if I could have a 180 key bind? Yeah. Because, like, for certain characters, I don't use E and Q on my keyboard, right? So yeah. if I just had E and Q be 180s, I see I see a pop flash coming around the corner. I hit yeah. E. I turn around. I dodge the flash. I hit E again, or I hit Q to go back the other way, right? And just yeah. basically instant 180. Like, would that help me? But that's also jarring when not all of your movement is controlled by a mouse. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, like, it, 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 it would be cool in concept to try out in a, like, PvE first-person shooter, you know? Like, yeah. you're, playing, you're playing some Borderlands, you're playing some Bioshock. Or like, Far Cry, like I said. Sure, yeah. or Far Cry. Like, I, I think that could be fun and interesting to try out, but, like... I feel like there's no way I would ever give that a shot in a competitive FPS because your your mouse is just better. See, here's here's the thing. I'm really surprised. I'm very surprised that you had the uh, the initial response you did, Cass, mm-hmm. for the reason that I expected us to be on very opposite ends of this. Uh, where one of the the biggest reason that I like this idea that I hadn't brought up until now is that I think it would lower the skill. See, well, no, it would raise the skill floor of Valorant, so to speak, or it's really the skill average. Essentially, it would basically make the skill ceiling of Valorant easier to attain because it takes one of the skills that really differentiates the top tier aimers, which is holding an angle and tracking someone's head as they're moving and makes that much, much easier. Now, granted, as we've discussed, it is kind of situational when you'd be willing to enter this mode. But if you're holding an angle with an op, if you're holding on defense for a push, or even you're, you know, you're in a position, you're, someone's going to swing you, you lock in eye tracking mode. Now you have aimbot to their head effectively. And it's just about timing your trigger pull, assuming that you either are standing still or have, you know, your movement uh, in position, which personally, I like that idea because I, I like the idea of, um, you know, making Valorant more strategic rather than who has the best control of their mechanics, simply because that's not my strength. I think I would be much better if I had this as an option. Um, and so I expected you to be very against it for the opposite reason that you tend to be a big fan of mechanical strength being, you know, a key factor in the game. Like, I I would I would hit so many fewer op shots with that than like I would using my mouse. Like, really? Like you're you're not you're not flicking to a goddamn thing using the eye tracking software. Cast, you're holding an angle with your scope. You see someone's head. Now you just look at their head and click your mouse, and they're dead. 
no, it's it's it like the way that I'm imagining it actually playing out is yeah. just like there there's there's too many ways in which like this just doesn't it, it it just doesn't work. And like when someone's moving across my screen, it, it's way easier for me to just understand how far I have to move my mouse to get onto target. Um and like Yeah, like there there's I, I, I can't see and like for the reasons that I talked about, right? Because yeah, your eyes have to readjust to where on the screen they are as you look at that part of the screen. As soon as I look right, my POV is going to move right because that's how my mouse works. And therefore, they're not going to be on the same part of my screen that they were a split second ago because now my now my POV is changing. And so therefore, my eyes have to readjust to where they are on my screen. Oh, wait. As soon, okay, as, that's, as, soon uh... as your eyes start looking anywhere... Yeah. The cursor starts moving in that direction. Okay, Cass, I realized that, I realized a different spot. Yeah, Cass, I realized that I actually um I failed to describe my idea properly. So the way I described my idea, yes, that's correct. However, I actually pictured it somewhat differently. The way I pictured it was in normal mode, everything is the same as it is now. And then in eye tracking mode, your mouse still controls your POV and your eyes control where your cursor goes and your cursor is not bound to the center of the screen. Okay, so it works exactly the way that I was saying that the old school FPSs did. Yes, except you're not, you know, scoped in. And you can still move. With the old school FPSs, you know, you couldn't move. Whereas with no, no, this... you could move still. Oh, you just couldn't move with your cursor or your... Or your you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't right, change right. where your head was turning. But right, like... right. Yeah, so in this, you could still control where your head is turning. You'd just be doing that with your mouse while you'd be... Oh, that's so fucking weird. No, no, dude, no, no. No way. <laughs> like, there, there's, there's a 0% chance this would ever be an advantage. Oh, it 100% yeah, I, I, would I, be I, an I, advantage. I just, no, no, no. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. It's... No. Man, I'm no, really no. curious to hear what people... This is definitely going to be a poll because... I personally feel like aim with your aim with your fucking mouse, man. I cast. I think you're underestimating the incredible, you know, difference this could make. However, as a result of us conversing about this, what I'm realizing is I don't. I don't think my initial assumption was correct that it would like, you know, cut down like make the skill ceiling easier to attain because it would require so much game sense and so much fundamental understanding to be able to figure out how and when to toggle between eye tracker and regular cursor mode. And, you know, if you are using the eye tracking mode, how to handle, you know, tracking with your eyes while moving with your mouse, that that in and of itself, even if the aiming is, is easier, would be a very high skill, skill ceiling thing. Um, however, I would use the heck out of that. And I believe I would be a much better aimer if that was a feature. I would master it. Yeah, I I I don't think that improves. Cause like, I don't know, like you ever in game and you hit a shot that you're just like, ooh, I'm like, you're impressed that you hit that shot. Yeah, yeah, you're never fucking doing that with your eyes. What what are you talking about? Like I have like I don't know like I I clip it whenever it happens so I could go I could go through my oh where your crosshair isn't really fun. pointing at the guy and you hit it no because no of no RNG. it's just like I just I just hit a wild fucking flick. That like, yeah, you know, it, and obviously it happens. Most yeah, you see something out of like the corner of your eye, off. you flick to them with your eyes, bam, pull the trigger, chamber TP out, 
You get that nice little kill of the kill banner at the bottom middle of your screen. I don't know, dude. That's like, I don't know. I like, no, no, that's not happening. Like, I also think you're severely overestimating, like the pinpoint accuracy these eye trackers can have. Oh well, just to be clear, Cass, I started this with the assumption yeah, yeah, you yeah, could yeah, have a perfectly no, accurate one. Yeah. Like, there's there's but a reason I, I didn't buy one and try to make it work with Valorant, <laughs> all right? <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah. I, I get that, but, like... I mean, we just hit a, a major technological, like, breakthrough as a, you know, society with, you know, a chat bot that you can ask anything and it will give you, like, a human language response to, which seemed like it was going to happen eventually, but, like, always seemed like it was a little bit more around the corner, so... If chatbot GPT can be a thing, then this eye tracking is going to be a thing sooner or later. No, dude, just, just aim with your fucking mouse, man. Like, <laughs> there, there's, there's no way this eye tracking thing would be better, even if you could, even if it worked the way that you're saying, and you could toggle it, and you could learn how to use it. Like, like I understand your concept of how like it might raise the floor a bit. Yeah. Because people who are new to FPS games aren't the best at aiming and and whatnot. Like. In isolated situations, maybe this would help. But even then, marginally. Like, because recoil is a fucking thing. If this worked like COD did, where your cursor jumps with your recoil, which, like, I guess if you wanted to ADS everything, like, Valorant kinda, sorta still works the same, where your cursor jumps with your recoil, but, like... No, no. There's, There's... there's the biggest no the biggest thing, Cass, is that, you know, at the somewhat okay <laughs> level of rank and above, like I'm talking gold and above, not that gold is high elo, but gold is like mid or mid, low mid, however you want to look at it. You know, one of the key things about your game is pre-firing. Like anyone has to learn pre-firing and crosshair placement, right? So, you know, there are shots where you swing a corner Someone's right there where you're expecting them to be and whether or not you get the kill depends on how well your crosshair was lined up. And in that case, you know, it's not going to make a lot of difference if you have eye tracking on or not, because, you know, you can just develop that muscle memory with your, where you put your crosshair and there you go. But the biggest thing for the eye tracking is with movement, because especially at certain intermediate to close ranges, you know, one of the biggest things that I experience in my games, which also, you know, happens, happens at times at the pro level that this would make a huge difference in is when someone is moving very fast relative to your position. So essentially they're moving at a right angle to you. If you look, if you like draw a line between you two, they're moving yeah, yeah, at a I right angle. So they're changing position very rapidly. And especially if it's not consistent, they're just sprinting across, but they're going back and forth. Your ability to recognize that with your brain and then get your hand to mirror that perfectly is far inferior to the ability of your eyes to stay with that movement the whole time. And that, you know, that I think would just be a, a massive advantage that you're not necessarily fully comprehending here. Yeah, but I feel like the the isolated scenarios which are in that situation are just like, it, it, it's very rare that I feel like I lost a gunfight because of that scenario that you're bringing up it's very rare that i feel like hey i lost this gunfight because i wasn't able to efficiently track someone as they were moving across or 
I'm in the scenario where, like, I'm holding down the trigger, and my arm does not compute what my brain is saying, and I get out of that, and I'm like, well, yeah, no shit you whiffed every shot. You weren't on their head. Right. Well, like, that's, it, there, it's so few situations throughout the course of a game that that happens. And, like, of course, it's always going to happen when you're in a clutch and everybody's watching you. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. The four spectators the is a curse. Yeah, 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 of course. Like, you, you whiff on the grand stage. It, it, it always happens. But, like, no. I'm, I'm, if that was a thing you could do, I'd never fucking use it. All right, well, this, I'm very curious to hear the results of the poll because I feel like that scenario happens a lot for me, especially, I think a, a high percentage of my most frustrating deaths are when I'm like, God damn it, like, I just didn't track them well enough. If I would have just tracked them better, I would have been fine. So maybe it's more of a me thing. I mean, you do have definitely better aim lab scores than me, so. But anyway, I'd be curious to hear what everyone has to say. I'll probably do a double poll, one about if you would use it as, you know, you yourself, the poll responder. And then also, do you think it, how, how do you think it would change the game of Valorant? So anyway, we can, we can come back to that at a later date. Uh, anything else on that cast before the, the next topic? No, no, I've said my piece. It's stupid. <laughs> anyway, so the next one is a article, uh, is based on an article that was shared on the Valorant competitive subreddit. Not only cast can go to the subreddit for ideas. That's what we're learning today. I can as well. Um, this is a, uh, a Valorant player by the name of Sunder, like T-S-S-U-N-D-E-R, currently a free agent coach slash, coach, uh, coach slash analyst. Uh, and they basically made a detailed post about why the ghost is overrated. Um, basically what they argue in short is that the ghost doesn't get you enough of an advantage versus the classic on, well, sorry, it doesn't get you enough of an advantage to justify spending any money on it on a non-pistol round, considering that it only one taps to the head at any range against no armor, which after pistol round, you're somewhat unlikely to see no armor consistently. Especially if you're ecoing, because that assumes the other team has at least somewhat of a buy. Um, and then further on, he argues that the cases in which a ghost is better than a classic in a pistol round are rare enough to where it's, in most cases, in basically every case, it's better to just buy the utility. Because obviously the classic is better close range with the right click. And, you know, once you get to a certain range then if you know you're going to be taking that fight, maybe you invest in a sheriff um, and not a ghost in the first place. And those, those situations are pretty rare. You know, would you rather peek a long gunfight dry or, you know, flash and move in closer to where the classic range is negated somewhat? That's a horrible example for Cass because I know which one he would choose and it would be the long range. But anyway, um, Cass, I don't know if you had a chance to skim through the article but uh, what are your opinions on the topic of the ghost? Okay, I, I haven't skimmed through the article, but, like, this man's been bringing up arguments that I've been saying for forever. And mm -hmm. if you go back and you've listened to all the podcasts, I'm sure I've brought this up before. But, like, yeah, I, I pretty much entirely agree with whatever this guy is saying. 
And now maybe mm-hmm. he brings up a point or two that I haven't really considered, and I haven't read the article or really skimmed over it at all. But I think the ghost has very isolated scenarios in which it is the gun you want in a pistol round. And I feel like outside of a pistol round, don't ever fucking use this thing. But as far as the as far as the pistol rounds go, um, yeah, the sheriff does more to the body. And it guaranteed one taps if they ha- if they bought light shields, and outside of that, use a fucking classic, and buy yourself the armor for a hundred for a hundred less credits. Yeah, that's another like, thing that he does say that on a pistol round, and this is something I hadn't considered, even though you just said it. You know, classic armor gets you so much more consistent value than yeah. ghost no armor. Oh, for sure. Um, like. Now, the one isolated, like, the isolated scenario that I can see for why you should buy the ghost in a pistol round is you're mechanically a fucking god. Like, if you're yay, and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to buy a ghost, I'm not going to argue against that. Why don't you buy a sheriff, then, if you're mechanically a god? Because it's it's got more bullets. It's got more bullets. It's slightly more versatile than a sheriff. Right? Like... You can head tap people almost as effectively as the sheriff can in pistol round exclusively. You get way more shots. It has a suppressor. You can spam through smoke, right? Like it when somebody does get up really close to you or you're in kind of a finicky situation, you can spam it way more effectively than the sheriff. But obviously what you're what you're going for here is you're going for those head taps. Yeah. Um, and the problem that the ghost has is it does not do a lot of bo- like a lot of damage to the body. Whereas when I buy a sheriff on pistol round, if I don't hit the head but I hit somebody in the body, I just did fifty damage. That's yeah. probably half their health. Now every other gun that my teammate has kills them in one shot to the head, guaranteed. Hmm. That's a good point. Right? Like like the like the sheriff gives you more value on body shots than the ghost does. It's the same reason why, like, I'll often, like, when we're forcing up, right, it's like, I'll buy a marshal. Because if I get that head tap, that's great. Right? I got a kill. But if I hit him in the body, I just did 101 against someone who's got 150. Right? Like, now my teammates' classics kill in a single headshot. Now they've got a way better chance of right-clicking someone and getting the kill. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's the damage to the body is, is very relevant uh, when you're not a fucking mechanical god who only clicks heads. And the sheriff does more damage to the body. Is I would way rather have it at, at the longer ranges. And even in mid-range, I'd probably still rather have that. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, fully, I fully fucking agree. Like, now as Chamber, when you want your trap, now that you don't want Chamber's trap, or now that Chamber's trap is so much more limiting, I might actually just go back to buying a Sheriff. Like, the problem with uh, yeah. with Chamber before was, like, you wanted his trap, but now you can only buy four Headhunter shots, and instead of the six you used to be able to buy, um... And so, like, the four shots is like, eh, it's like, you know, I'm, there's a good chance I'm going to shoot more than four shots this round. And then I'm going to be left on my classic. 
Um, whereas if I buy the ghost, I can take those longer range fights and I, I get way more fucking shots than you do with the headhunter. And so I can kind of see it. Whereas like, I can't buy the sheriff because I need to buy my trap. And because I'm buying the trap, I, I'd rather have the more or the higher ammo count of the ghost than only having four headhunter shots. Yeah. Outside of that. Now, if you're if you're planning on taking close fights, right? Keep the classic and buy armor or buy a frenzy. Or even yeah. a fucking shorty. Shorties are great during pistol rounds. Yeah, and one thing that you said ties into something that uh Sunder said as well, which is that um he 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 brought out some specific examples from some maps, some maps and some screenshots and talked about the fact that the um the ghost being better at long ranges is very likely uh less relevant than you might think particularly on pistol rounds when you know it's pretty easy to close distance Excuse me, it's not like you're going to be facing an op who just one taps one of your team immediately and then you're all of a sudden worried about them repeaking or, or you know, a phantom that's going to spray multiple of you down. Like, even if you have someone on one angle, like, let's suppose you have a chamber or arena who is positioned on defense, you're on offense, they kill one of your team um, as you're peeking the long angle and then they get out of there with a dismiss or a teleport. You know, now by the time they can repeak, already you've negated a lot of that benefit from the range that they had before already it's swinging more out of favor for the ghost um so the basically his, his point was that you know looking at it as oh longer range by ghost shorter range by classic armor is not the best way to go just because the longer range is so more situational um so yeah basically we're all <laughs> we're all kind of agreeing here knowing uh you know as as it's playing out i'm thinking we should really save this for when chase is on pod because uh he's the actual one of us three who likes the ghost <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh you know chase i'm i'm hope i'm hoping you're going to listen to this and come back with a soapbox of why the ghost is actually good because man I, i'd love to debate that yeah the the only time i ever purchase a ghost is on chamber when i want his trap um yeah and chamber, and I, I think, is like, a very unique case, considering that yeah. his biggest his biggest utility cost is bullets. So if you buy a mm-hmm. gun instead of bullets, like you know, that really changes the way you're thinking about your utility versus anyone else. Yeah, and like I'm not, you know, like it, it's in situations where it's like, hey, like I'm gonna want more than four shots at long range. Um. But yeah, like this, like the the ghost is not a good gun. I don't know. And then, like, I can see I can see the advantage of running a ghost round two after your team has run pistol. Now, please, none of you actually do this in my games. I'd rather you just fucking buy up. <laughs> but, like, there's this scenario in which I often force, like, Vandal or Phantom. Yeah. Um, If money allows. As in, either on attack we planted Spike and I can buy Vandal or Phantom Light uh, or on attack when, or sorry, or on defense when I get a kill. Maybe I need two kills to be able to afford Phantom, Vandal or Phantom, and then Light Shields. I don't really know. But at any rate, like when I can force Rifle and Light Shields, I'm going to do that. Um, and so it, it's kind of nice to have someone on your team who did 
save their money is using a ghost or a sheriff or something like that that got saved uh, from the first round when your team won, especially on the pro meta. Um, and then you can buy up your, your rifle, and if you die, they can pick up your rifle. And then they've got that. Um, because I, I think it was something that FPX made very prominent as far as the pro meta went in which two players kept like bought full shields and then kept upgraded pistols from whatever people had saved from round one and then the other three players bought rifles like um and it enabled them to go into round three with basically a full bot because assuming you keep those rifles like the two people who just bought armor and didn't upgrade a gun now they can, can now afford, buy a yeah. rifle. They can afford the rifle. Um, and you've now got full buy against, or, you know, maybe some people don't buy shields or have full utility, but like you're basically going full buy against the enemy team's full buy. You have a really, um, really good bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got a, you've got an absurdly good bonus. Yeah. Um, and then basically they're saying like, Hey, we're not, we're not going to lose a lot of guns at round two. Um, and if we do lose a person or two, our our players who didn't buy up, if they live, they can pick up our gun and save our gun through to the next round. Yeah. And so basically the entire strategy revolved around, hey, we're not we're only gonna lose two people on round two. Right? And those people can be our entries. They could run in with full shields and an upgraded pistol and have an advantage over the enemy team who is most likely full saving. And even if they die, we didn't we didn't lose a lot of a lot of like econ right there yeah and then our players with actual rifles can go in and trade them out or you know whatever the situation might be um Mm -hmm. so i think there is some benefit in having a ghost round two but like that's assuming you win pistol and then outside of those outside of rounds one and two of each half the ghost is fucking worthless like, there's no way I would... Like, the ghost doesn't do shit against armored opponents over a classic. It's two headshots anyway. Right? Like, I guess you could make the argument that, like, if one of your teammates did damage to them and they got healed back up by Sage and they don't have shields, but, like, it's, you know... Like, come on, at this point you're just grasping at straws. No, don't buy the fucking ghost. Un- unless you're chambered, in which case... Maybe occasionally by the ghost, but also yeah, like yeah. I I don't know I I think I think like light shields on pistol round is is better than a ghost ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I will say what as you were as you were just talking about how bad the ghost is there. There is one sort of edge case which doesn't really contradict what this argument this article is saying as much as just is something that I do. Um, besides the fact that the ghost goes very well with the poor man's or modified gentleman's buys where you buy a shotgun as your primary. Uh, I know Cass would just roll his eyes, so I'm not really bothering bringing that up besides just, you know, to make him roll his eyes and move on. Um, (laughs) but the, the thing that I like about a ghost is if we're on a real full save, my plan oftentimes, especially on defense is if they're not coming to the site that I'm holding, 
I will very, very aggressively flank slash lurk, trying to get, you know, to their backsides. Because that's how, I, you know, that can be huge in really swinging the round. And can also make them worry about that in future rounds when I'm definitely not going to do it with a gun. Um, and if I'm at medium range behind multiple people, and I want to dispatch them quickly, having the additional accuracy and the additional headshot damage with the ghost, uh, I would absolutely much rather have a ghost there than a classic. Um, just because there have been plenty of times I've, I've had it happen. I think about the one that's coming to mind is if I, I get a flank somehow on someone in mid on ascent where there are some medium to long angles where I get the flank and then I start clinking away with the classic and inaccuracy causes some misses. And, you know, you can only, you really can't fire fast at all with it. You can fire faster with the ghost, even though not super fast and still be reasonably accurate if you have to switch to body shots. No, no you can't. Faster than a classic, I'm saying. Not, not, no. Yeah, absolutely. Plus the ghost not, I, I I can't pull up Bowerant without fucking up the audio. Yeah. But I swear to God, the classic has a better reset time than the than the ghost does. Well, there's also reset time, and then there's also like spray, and so I don't you know, like you know like recoil when spraying. I don't know what I said was not based on my knowledge of stats, but based on my subjective experience, which is that if I need to if I miss the headshot and and I'm like oh fuck. And I need to just body shot someone who's not looking at me yet from medium to long range. I do better somewhat spamming a ghost than a classic. Both of them, if you just full spam them, you're going to miss every shot or most shots. But like, I feel like I can fire a ghost a little bit faster. But either way, you know, the, I, I, I feel a lot better with a ghost in my hand for the additional accuracy and fire rate than a classic. Yes. No. In that one very specific situation of me no, flanking even, aggressively on a save. Uh, even then, I'd rather... Like, if I'm flanking aggressively on a save, I'd rather have a classic. Um, Interesting. Okay, but also, fire, rate, fire rate of both guns, assuming you're you're clicking your trigger as fast as the gun allows you to fire, is the exact fucking same. Interesting. The ghost technically has a faster reload speed, but not by much. Yeah, reload um, speed isn't important here, yeah. Yeah. And it's got three more bullets in it, which, you know, can, like, occasionally come up. Yeah, I was not bringing... Like, I, yeah, I don't think it's or, worth yeah, considering. Okay. Yeah. I, I, this, this list that I found of their gun stats does not list weapon reset time and stuff like that, which is very unfortunate, but, like... Now, the ghost should cost, like, 200 fucking credits, man. Cass, what if I told you? There was and a even way. Then I still wouldn't fucking buy it, probably. Cass, what if I told you there was a way to make the ghost fit perfectly amongst the pistols without changing the ghost or its price at all? Remove it from the game? <laughs> it doesn't fit perfectly there. Remove <laughs> the classic right click. That's what makes the classic so damn good. If you make the classic just, you know, not the best at anything amidst the pistols now with the ghost you get you know that bigger damage to the head and there's no hard counter of oh well you have a shotgun built into your classic for close range the ghost now is better at long range and is basically the same at short range as the classic but with more damage to the head now i'm if you take out the classic right click 
I think I'd still prefer it over the ghost at close range. Maybe. The ghost, like the, the classic is just more spammable, I find. Interesting. Interesting. Like I, I, I don't I don't and like I was looking for the gun stats because I'd like to look at them and and prove you wrong with statistics, but like yeah. I feel like they I feel like the bullet spread on the classic is better than the bullet spread on the ghost. Maybe I'm wrong. We can we can research this off know. pod because yeah, um, I have no idea. But I, I, I feel like if I'm spamming a gun, I'd rather have the classic over the ghost. Interesting. And sure, when you're spamming with the ghost occasionally you get lucky and you, you get that head tap and yeah, you, you you get the you know the one bullet kill, but like, it's not like even if you took off the right click of the classic, it's still not worth five hundred fucking credits. Well, here's, I will say, uh, amending what I said earlier a little bit when I said that it would be perfectly balanced amidst the pistols, I was really thinking for pistol round. I think that if you remove the right click of the classic, you'd still run into the same issue on non-pistol rounds where you know if you want if long range is your focus just spend 300 credits more for a sheriff and if you know medium range is your focus buy a frenzy so like uh, even it, it, it wouldn't solve the non-pistol round issue but i think on pistol round it would have it be in a happy medium between the sheriff and the classic no but even like okay even then i think you're still better off with the classic and either utility or armor. The the one time where I see like the and I kind of stated this before, but maybe I did not line it correctly, is like the one time where the ghost has its value in pistol round is when you are planning on taking those longer range to mid range gunfights, where the um on an agent that also needs some of their utility. The chamber is the big one here. Yeah. At least pre-nerf chamber was the big one because you wanted this trap. Um, now that's very limiting. You might not want the trap really, or the trap might just does not be worth the investment in pistol round. Um, that's up for debate. But then mm-hmm. on agents like, like when I'm playing jet on defense, I buy the sheriff because I am planning on taking those longer range tools, those long or those mid to long range tools. Um, and your updrafts and your smokes, while they're nice on defense, they aren't as relevant. Whereas on attack, when you want to smoke and dash into sight, like well, you kind of need your smoke to smoke and dash. Um, yep. That's that's a semi integral component of it unless you're going to get your controller agent to burn a smoke, placing it wherever you plan on dashing. Um, which I suppose is possible, but like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a big brain play. Like, you get a harbor on your team to to throw his cove for you to where you plan on dashing. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, but at any rate, it's like, on attack, I usually get smoke up draft frenzy. Um, other agents that I can see, or, like, other agents that I feel like can get away with sheriffs are, uh, Killjoy. Like, Killjoy, or her turret, super fucking good pistol round. Yeah. Alarm bot and nanos, just less valuable, I think, on pistol round specifically. 
and so you can kind of get away with having a sheriff on Killjoy. Uh, I but still like, think I I'll come out here at having played Killjoy a good bit recently, and well, I mean I haven't played a lot, but of the games I've played, I've played Killjoy a decent chunk of them, and I really feel that her. Uh, I don't disagree in that if you're if you're ready to pop off with the sheriff. Your turret alone provides a lot of utility. It's not like you're lacking in what you bring to the table. But the, uh, you know, the uh, nanos, especially in a round in which a lot of chip damage is at play um, and there isn't armor purchased uh, very often, or there's certainly not full armor, um, you can do a lot of damage with your nanos, especially for post-plant, but even just as... You know, I think there's someone here. Let's mess him up. Yeah, and also like, yeah, people are more likely to, to rush during pistol rounds. Yeah. Like, so like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I just think that yeah. I just, dis- well, I'm not disagreeing with you about buying the sheriff. I am disagreeing that the nanos are less usable in pistol round. I think if anything, they're more. Yeah, sure. Um, I just feel like pistol rounds are more likely to be like one team steamrolling the other. And oh, yeah, oh yeah. Nano, like because the round is less likely to go the full distance that you can often get or like that nanos have less value because it's unlikely you're going to be in one of those or you're less likely to be in one of those post plant scenarios in which you, you want your mollies on the bomb. That's um, a good point. It's usually yeah. a like it it's usually one team, you know, like you're trying to entry site. And the enemy team just, you know, gets their head taps or gets the couple of picks as, like, you're trying to entry. And then it's fucking 5v3. Um, yeah. I would... like, they're just gonna, they're just gonna trade you out. You don't have, you don't have a lot of guns that can very effectively turn those tides. You know, like, when, when someone's got a Vandal and it's, like, 3v5, it's like, you can hit a couple clean head taps and turn the tides, you know? Um, less likely in Pistol is the only thing. So, like, I feel like because rounds are, rest, are less likely to go the distance, the nanos just don't provide as much value in pistol rounds specifically as they do in other rounds. Yeah. And therefore, if you feel confident on the sheriff, your your turret alone provides enough value in pistol round that, like, you can pick the sheriff and peek off your turret's contact. Yeah, I feel like... You don't hit heads. Yeah, I feel like one way you could shot. say it is that, um, you know, your turret... I'm sorry, your sheriff provides more guaranteed value because it's with you wherever you go, whereas the nanos are much more um, high risk, high reward, where I think, yeah, it's fair to say there's a decent chance on a given pistol round they will have no value, but they can also straight up win the round for you in a way that the sheriff can't. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, it, you know, it depends. I, could, I think either is a fair choice. Yeah. Um, also, it feels great if somebody buys armor and you just fucking head tap them and make their 400 credits worthless. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why I hate buying light armor ever. I do it sometimes, but uh, from very on in my Valorant experience, I was like, I'm sick of buying light armor and dying with damage that I would have died to with both no armor and full armor anyway. So I'm just not going to buy it. And I've, over time, grown to realize there are some situations in which you really should buy light armor. And I do, but I still do it with reluctance. I never feel good buying light armor. Mm. I know, that's often one of the things that I go into, like, especially on Breeze. We lose pistol round, and it's like, yeah. well, I want to force Marshall here. Um, But 
but somebody on their team is also probably marshalling the same angle I'm going to peek. Yeah. And if I peek without light armor, <laughs> man, I might be fucked. <laughs> You're not that so confident like, well, in your ability to hit their head cast before they hit your body? Well, well, the big question here is, like, do I invest the light armor? Because the extra four, like, basically the big thing about me just buying a marshal yeah. is I can still buy rifle light. Now, what if, hear me out, you had eye tracking to guarantee you hit that headshot? No, that's just not how it works. Um, I'm, I'm joking. But, like, yeah, it's like, well, do I do I invest the 400 credits um, and get the light armor? Because at that point, I'm basically saying I need one kill in this round to be able to afford rifle light next round. Yeah. And like, that's, that, that's a big ask, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're on an eco, you know, maybe if I play more passively, right? Like maybe if I play more passively, some of my team goes in to get a little chip damage here or there. And it's like, okay, now I just have to hit a body shot um, to get a kill. But like in general, it's just like, I don't know. It's a big ask, but like light armor against marshals round two, Fuck, dude. The number of times I've been frustrated that someone on their team bought light armor and nothing else, and I hit the body shot with the marshal and don't get the kill. Because round round two, unless like we're winning by a stupid amount, and I know that they're going to force, um, which at that point, I'm probably not even buying the marshal. I'm yeah. probably going to buy a specter instead. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's like in situations like that where it's like, dude, like it's a close game. Why the fuck did you buy light armor round two? <laughs> like, and then I yeah. and then I shoot you in the body and do one one, and it's just like mm, stupid. But <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I know that, that, that's kind of all I guess. Just really interesting. Well, uh, you know, we agreed more on the whole ghost topic than I expected that we would. And, uh, you know, not much disagreement there with the, with the light armor. Uh, the last thing that was on my list is uh, something that I thought would be good for us to think about and for Chase to think about as he uh, sips whatever fine drinks are available in Japan. Japanese whiskey, perhaps. That's the only thing that I, that I know of that's really good from Japan. Um, Wait, sake? Yeah, the only time I've tried sake was uh, when Alex uh, gave me some, which was like, very low quality and very old and it was not mm. good at all so my my taste the only taste i've had of that is crap but anyway um this one i think would be good for us all to sit and think about so i read an article about how last year there was a lot of meta progression there was quite a lot of ups and downs of different agents you know and in and overall it was the year of chamber that chamber started off the year just coming to dominance in the scene with initially there being some debate, some holdouts saying, you know, we might not want to do this, but eventually it just became clear that if you have someone who can remotely play chamber, well, he is too good not to play in a pro comp. And then, you know, by the end, but then we had the changes to nerf him, but they didn't really do enough. And then, you know, at the very end of the year, we had the kill shot, the crippling blow, the thing that, took uh, chamber from the top of the podium to the bottom of the graveyard, uh, which really was quite a fitting end <laughs> to the year of chamber. Um, so my question 
for you cast to think about and talk about next podcast and for myself as well i don't know what my answer is is this year will be known as the year of blank now it might be uh I'm, chances exactly. are good <laughs> you already have an answer think about it more see if you reconsider um yeah. i mean you know it might not be as clear of a one agent as chamber was this year and jet was the previous year um but you know maybe it will be and i'm looking to hear your prediction and chases and, and mine as well so stay tuned for that listeners mm-hmm. uh yeah no like uh, assuming assuming they don't drastically fuck something up like dude it's 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 gonna be killjoy <laughs> Oh, ooh. So you went from saying Jet is a joke to saying Killjoy seriously, it sounds like. Wait, what? No, no, I said Killjoy the first time. I thought you said Jet. Oh, man, no. I I really misheard. Wow, okay. Yeah, now, now you're just leaning into my bias. Um, yeah, wow, crazy. <laughs> no, 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 it, it, it's going to be the fucking year of Killjoy unless, unless they seriously change, change some shit. Because, like, she just does her job so well of... Fuck you, don't come here. Yeah. And her her shit's a lot harder to deal with than Cypher's shit is. Well, and, you know, it has a lot more impact than Cypher's stuff does. Like, so yeah. much of Cypher's stuff is, like, you have to do something with it to get the value. Like, yeah, if you get kill trips, those are great. But those depend on, you know, you first first of all catching the enemy and second of all you being in a position where you can get those kills without being immediately traded. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... You know, if you have a nice alarm bot with nano set up and you finish one person off and do 60 chip damage to someone else, you know, you didn't have to be exposed at any point to do that. You're also just less restricted on where you can put your nanos and your alarm bot than you are with Cypher and his cages and his um, his trips. True. And I think the trips are much easier to deal with than nanos because, like... Now, obviously, the the increase in trap length that Cipher now has is does some benefit to that. There there are several that yeah. like you either have to have a very particular Sova lineup or whatever to deal with, but then there's a bunch of them that are just like I can kind of spam the side of the wall here, and if Cipher had his trip here, one of my bullets is gonna fucking hit it, and then it won't be there. Or it's like yeah. they kind of need to be in a given area for them to do anything. And then it's like, well, let me just get a Sova shock dart into this area and then it won't be there. Um, whereas one of the few yeah, remaining like, uses for Sova shock darts. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I feel like, yeah, we didn't really talk about that in the last episode in which we discussed the shock darts, but like those, those are the best things at fucking clearing out enemy utility. Sort of, but that Yes, I think one of the reasons why it isn't, like, super dominant, even though it's, obviously, if you have a Sova on your team, that you'll use it. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I've ever heard anyone said, oh, they picked a Sova to clear out the enemy team's utility. For the oh, reason... sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and that was maybe me exaggerating a little bit, but, like, the, my point is that, you know, while it can be situationally incredibly useful, um, as long as the enemy has multiple different setups uh, for their utility, they're not just banking on one, you know, there's a decent chance you're spending a lot of rounds wasting the credits you spent on your shock darts to clear nothing. Yeah. Maybe. So, also, under, yeah. I, I will say this because you are going to be locked into having to play a bunch of Sova. Yeah. 
Please, for the love of God, if there's a Killjoy in the enemy team, fucking shock dart the spike. Oh, to just immediately clear just the nanos? Yeah, like... Here's, here's the thing, Gas. I play Killjoy, so I am far better than average at detecting the, mol- the mollies. However, mm-hmm. you know, one of the biggest things about Killjoy is if the Killjoy on the other team has an uh, itchy molly finger, they could also pop the mollies as I tap the spike or as I'm running up before I have a chance to clear them. So I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I'll probably do that more often than not of use the shock darts to clear it. Yeah, like if you have a shock dart and you don't feel like you need it for something else, just please, for the love of God, just fucking shock dart the goddamn spike. Okay, this like, is going to sound so stupid because this just shows how little I play Sova. Do shock darts do damage through walls? No. No, so okay, well, that still requires a little bit of clearing, because the best mollies yeah, yeah. are not, you know, you yes, have to yes. go around. Obviously, but, yeah. but because you play Killjoy, you probably know where they might want to set up their mollies. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that's a big thing that Killjoys do, is like, on Ascent, when you plant Gen, you don't put them right next to Spike, you put them under the little ledge. Because mollies have a height cylinder thing, which they do damage in. Um, yeah. But, like, you playing... Also, having played Killjoy, you should know where some of those mollies might be. In which case, fucking shock dart that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then, oh, also, the other thing is fucking everything in the goddamn game destroys cypher traps. Yoru Decoy, fucking... Yeah, Skydog. Prowler, Skydog. Mm-hmm. You can run a drone into it. Grim's like, fat ass. <laughs> like, like literally everything in their fucking mother destroys yeah. fucking cipher cipher trips. So, yeah, no, it's like that. That's my answer. It, it's fucking, it's fucking killjoy. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think it's very creative, and I always tip my hat to an enemy cipher where sometime in the middle of the game they'll switch their trips to being like head height, just because you don't expect it and. You know, you're you especially if you get used to the dogs and stuff clearing that out. Your decoy would still clear it, but you know, let's face it, kind of you know not that common. Um, I've been caught by those before as well. Even though it's right there in my face, I just am not expecting it to be up there. So that that's something for you to think of, Cass. The uh, change of pace, uh, head height, trip wire. <laughs> no, no, I feel like the. I feel like the low to the ground tripwire, if you're gonna change it up, is like better. I like I understand. What well, you're but saying, that still gets cleared like, by everything. Like yeah, the saying. dog gets cleared. Yeah, yeah. but like the, the goal of this is one. after you've conditioned them that there's a trip here, they're gonna break it with their dog, and then be good. Yeah, yeah. You put it head like, Yeah, I, dude, I don't have enough respect for the enemy fucking sky to do that shit. I see. I see. Well, if you um, if you face an enemy sky who's a you know. Maybe a radiant Smurf, then you can break out that strat. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll 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 see. <laughs> yeah. Well, as the uh, temporary host of the Drunk Valorant podcast, I will say that really concludes what I wanted to talk about. Um, it's going to be awkward that neither of us can say the closing line of the podcast. We'll have to get uh, oh, chased well, and recorded. I was actually going to say I got I got one more little thing that I want to say. Oh, okay, sure. Here. Um, which is. Now, it'd actually be actually kind of interesting to have, to have Jason on this discussion, but unfortunately, he's not fucking here. So I guess I mean, he, he, he can weigh in next podcast. He can, yeah, yeah, he yeah. can weigh in next podcast. But I'm going to say, like, what what are the what's your favorite agent from each class? 
Okay, that one is so... I feel like that would be actually legitimately more fun to discuss with Chase. <laughs> Rather than getting him his opinions on it later. But if you wanted me to give my initial takes, like, I could do it. If you, if you really felt strongly about it. Well, yeah. I'm I, I, give like, my, I give my quick takes. I give my but, quick okay, takes. He, okay, here's what I say we do. Because it's not really yeah. a discussion thing. Like, it's not really a discussion thing. Like, this is just, like, what what is your opinion on who your favorite agent is from each class and then we'll we'll start off now i i know the whole pod situation is going to get a little bit finicky because right when chase gets back i'm going out of town for a bit um, oh, okay so gonna, i'm the only the constant podcast, i see maybe um but then you're also coming out here maybe we'll do a podcast while we're all together in the same room oh we need to I'll, we need to yeah I'll, I'll hook my i'll hook my mic up and we'll just shoot the shit together um oh, but yeah. Basically, we we can get we can get Chase's just like quick takes on this in the next podcast that he's on, um. And so, because it's just a personal opinion thing, I feel like there's not a ton of discussion that we'll go back and forth on. So, yeah, I just want to know what I just want to know what your answers are. Cool. Okay. Well, um, as you see, I'm sharing a screen of the the classes and the agents. So I didn't forget anything mm-hmm. dumb. At the current moment. Uh, controller I feel like is tough because I feel like I enjoy all of them except for Astra but um, none of them is my favorite however I'm enjoying Harbor most at the moment for sure so I'm going to go Harbor Duelist Neon Uh, Initiator sorry (laughs) I'm trying to remember are you saying favorite is it favorite agent from each class versus like coolest okay um, well, I don't. How would coolest change the scenario? Well, the question is: Is it like my favorite agent to play, or like my favorite agent? Like, whoa, they're really neat. Um, like, I, like, I, like, I guess you could say it, I okay, like watching okay. pros play this agent, or like I like uh, playing this agent uh, myself. Okay, okay, that that's a very interesting yeah. thing that I hadn't taken into consideration, which. I will let you in on a, a little fact here that I'm picking the one that I would enjoy playing the most. But if you want to take it... What a surprise. It, what a surprise. If you want to take it in the other in the other manner and saying like, hey, I might not really want to play them, but fuck, I think they're cool. Um, yeah. Then go with that. Okay, well, I'll, I'll stick with what you're doing in terms of favorite to play. So we got uh, Harbor... No, 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 dude. Do, do whatever you're feeling. Do whatever you're feeling. I wasn't sure which I was feeling, and you you swayed me in the okay. you know I was on the fence, and you sh- pushed me over to one side of the fence, which is is good with me. So harbor neon for uh, controller duelist. Now initiator. I will say I, I didn't necessarily think about this so much before the uh, you know the challenge of having to pick an initiate you know me playing an initiator since it's the class I play mm-hmm. the least. If I could never play an agent from one of the four classes it would not be a consideration. It would be initiator because KO, I play a decent bit, but I play him as a fill and I don't have like great success with him. Uh, And I don't love him. (laughs) So he's the only (laughs) one who would be somewhat saving the group. And even then, even then he's not enough to save the group. So uh, that's the toughest one. And this is, this is, I hit this one and then immediately had to ask you that question Cass, because I don't really love playing any of the initiators. So I was like, man, should I think about it in terms of what I think is the coolest to see the util of? Um, Yeah, it's tough. 
a lot of them have some really cringe stuff that they do. <laughs> it's like Silva, like all like that fucking sucks to get hit with. Like, yeah, it's skillful to get good value out of it. Um, and then KO is so bland. Like, you know, just play CS if you're going to play KO. I say, as someone who plays KO sometimes, um, I'm going to go with Fade, just because her uh, aggression that she can bring. Her nasty util combos, and then did you see the the video leading up to uh, uh, Lotus release? How fucking badass she was! Just like you know, taking people's like brains out, like sorting through them, looking cute as heck. Just like getting all she needed from that club, and then just wrecking the people trying to get on her case. Like oh, that alone. The goth mommies. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. So I'm going to go fade from uh, initiators. Hunter definitely wants a big teddy goth yet. <laughs> yes, sure. Hit me up in Discord <laughs> if you are one. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I should cut that out. Anyway, on to uh, uh, Sentinels. Um, Killjoy. That one's easy. Okay. Uh, always uh, been, had a soft, soft spot for Killjoy as well. From day one. I, I ran into the exact same issue that you did when it came <laughs> to initiators. It's just Funny. like, fuck, dude, I don't want to play any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if I had, like, like, yeah, and, and I was in the exact same scenario. It was like, I think Fade's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, like, I like having Fade's on my team. Like, you know, I, I think Fade's a cool fucking agent. But if I had to play one, I'd play KO. Damn, why could you guys have not done Fade number one and Sova number two for me? That's what I'm asking right now. Well, <laughs> no, I, no, I was no. arguing I was arguing for the Fade, but I feel like the Sova... Like, the one thing that I didn't want you to do for the Fade was just entry with your prowlers. And I was like, 100% oh, you're going what? to fucking do that. Would I have done fade. that? No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> I totally would have done that. <laughs> yeah, at that's, that's with, fair. Yeah, at least with the Sova drone, I know you're fucking stagnant. <laughs> my your feet are nailed to the floor yeah your ass ain't moving fucking anywhere mm-hmm. oh well you got that drone out um but as okay, you're saying so Cass, yeah. your favorites okay. favorites in air quotes no i and i i don't think there's going to be a whole lot of oh wow where did this come from for me but yeah we're going we're going omen jet ko chamber those are mind-blowing picks i would have never guessed yeah, now. <laughs> that is very on brand. The next question: least favorite agent from East class? Oh, oh, all right. Uh, Astra. Um, yep. Even at the pro level, it doesn't save her just because her. I hate seeing utility that you can't counterplay. In general, there are some exceptions, but the fact that all of her stuff is just like. Oh, it's a star on the ground. What's going to happen with it? I, I just don't like it. I think it's okay to have in the game. I just don't, I'm not a fan. Um, duelists. Man, that's tough. I like all of the duelists. Uh, shoot. I think I'm going to have to go with Phoenix. Which is weird because I I have played a decent bit of Phoenix and I enjoy playing Phoenix. It's just that, you know, his wall and fire might be reasonably effective, especially when used 
I mean, his, his, you know, his Molly is more effective than the fire, but they're just so much more boring than the other agents, you know, utility. So we're going to go Astra Phoenix initiators, uh, Sova <laughs> easily. Uh, and then, uh, controllers cipher. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going going Astra for sure. Mm-hmm. Astra's fucking lame. Um, Duelist has got to be Rays. Rays is fucking lame. AOE um, for some reason is lame. Yeah, I don't. AOE I never. Lame. I will never understand that opinion. But it's like. But I know okay, it's a thing. Now Rays, admittedly, Rays has some some cool stuff. Basically, being double blast pack lineups and like, there's the clip from um, is it Nukia? Whoever on G2 had the uh, fucking dopest Don't you say it, Nookie? Yeah. Nookie? Okay. I don't know. Whoever, whoever the fuck in that game was playing Rays, and I know I'm not giving a good description of this, but had, like, the dopest, like, like popped all or, like, was blast packing into heaven, popped alt, realized that the other Rays was shooting their alt at them, and then dropped a blast pack to blast away from heaven midair. That was fucking sick. But outside cool. of that one, outside of that one play, fuck Rays. Um, I might have to pick Breach for initiators. I think Sova lineups can be kind of cool, especially when you bring like Average Jonas into the equation. Um, like people who nerd the fuck out on Sova, like that that that's kind of dope. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I'm torn between. I don't know. I'm very torn on the controllers. Um, or not the controllers. I mean the, the, the Sentinels. Um, wait, wait, sorry. I, I was distracted thinking about Sova and stuff. Uh, who'd you say was the worst for initiators? Oh, Breach. Oh, Breach. Man, Cass, oh, Breach. You, you don't think the let's go boom, 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 doesn't like earn him a ton of points eh, towards maybe, not being the like, least favorite? Yeah, but like, yeah, he's just, he's just kind of boring. Mm, okay. So, okay. Oh, Whoop de do! I throw the flash through the wall. Oh, if you're standing here, you get concussed. But I'm gonna get one tapped when I swing the angle anyway. Um. Yeah. I I, I think breach is fucking boring. Um. Understandable. And then yeah, for sentinels, if if Grim didn't exist. It'd be Sage, hands fucking down. But but Grim does exist. Mm. So I might have to go safer. <laughs> Funny. But yeah. You and me Grim, both Grimmel... picked as our least favorite agent in the class, the agent that we've been tasked to play, which is fitting, <laughs> yeah, given yeah, the nature of the test. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, like when you're playing Sage optimally, I would go with Sage. By optimally, but, you mean throwing. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, if you're, you know, the thing is, the chances are, until you get to Grim's level, if you're Grimwalling, you're also um, dying a lot. In, and oh, put, no, 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 that's wall. what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, if right, you're right. using Sage optimally by, like, not throwing and using your wall for what you should be using your wall for. Oh, oh, you're saying the opposite. Think, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if you're not playing Sage like Grim, Sage is the like the least interesting, the lamest character in the Sentinel kit. 
I see. Or I in see. the Sentinel class. But like because that playstyle exists, that I'm not saying it's good Sage. and you should do it. I'm just saying that I think that elevates Sage outside of what I think my least favorite agent is. Fair. Fair. So yeah, that's that's what I got. Um Yeah, I was uh looking at this, I appreciated something that I hadn't given any thought to, which is that there are currently five uh controllers and initiators and six duelists, which means that um very strong uh leaning that the next uh agent will be a sentinel, and if not the next agent, then the one after that. One of the next two agents will be a sentinel almost a hundred percent. Um mm-hmm. I, I would love to start brainstorming what I think would be good for the next Sentinel. What kind of utility I'd like to see Riot bring to the game. I, I just noticed this now, so I don't have any thoughts yet, but I'd love to think about that for future pods. I don't know. Like I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think Sentinels are the hardest agents to balance in the game. Yeah. They're either, they're either broken or they're dog shit. And, like, I think, I think Killjoy is actually in a pretty good spot right now. But yeah. every other one isn't. And therefore, she gets all the pick rate. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah, probably I, fair. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think, I don't think Killjoy's broken, but she's currently the most picked pro agent. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, like, without really getting into too much depth on this, I think that, like, and I, I know Hunter has heard this a million times from me before, but like basically the reason why I think that Sentinels are the hardest agent to balance is like when they're good, they're fucking obnoxious to play against. Like it, it, it's just such a denial of space that is so frustrating from a rank perspective when you don't have the coordination to effectively deal with everything they're bringing to the table. Um, that. It, it, it's such a fine line, right? Has to has to walk where, like with Cipher, I think a bunch of Cipher stuff. While it's really annoying, it's a lot easier to deal with. Um, whereas like yeah. Sage's stuff is, it's like yeah, you got you, you got to shoot the wall when the wall comes up. But like the slows don't last for super fucking long. Like it's not such a fucking deal breaker. Um, Chamber just got nerfed to literally into oblivion. Uh, like, I don't know, it, it's such a, it's such a fine line. It is, it um, is. So I, I, it makes sense to me why they're the least Sentinels in the game. Because it's such a hard agent to design and have be viable, um, while not being broken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that, that's about all I got. So if you want to sound us out of here, Hunter. Oh, thank fire you. Away. I'm honored. We'll drink with you later. <laughs>